Hello and welcome to Post-Exertional Mayonnaise Podcast. I'm really pleased to have Christina Baltais with us this episode. Um, Christina's a, uh, an artist who lives with Emmy and she's in Canada. That's right, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, her, uh, her artwork can be found on wordsandmedicine.com. Um, her most recent work is uh, called Invisible Exertions and that's for Invisible Disabilities Week. And um, yeah, it'd be just great to hear a little bit about your story, Christina. Um, do you want to tell us about your sort of chronic illness journey and how was life before you became ill and how did you adjust to life with ME? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so I'm here. Um, so I got sick a long time ago, uh, back in 2005, so 18 years ago. Um, mm. It honestly feels like I'm talking about a different person, like, uh, because it was so long ago. But um, at that time, I was super, super healthy. Um, I was really athletic. I worked out every day. I mountain biked. Um, I was also studying uh, nutrition and nutraceutical sciences at um, the University of Guelph. Um, I was full time. Um, also, like in the summers, I would spend working in different provincial parks in Ontario, um, cleaning up the trails, like backpacking trails, and would actually do out trips and just really phys physical manual labor. And um, I just loved it. I never really experienced that much illness at all. I was like really, really fortunate that I was super healthy up until um, what I believed to have been, I think I had an exposure to um, the Epstein-Barr virus mm. and um, everything just kind of slowly unraveled. <clears throat> the, the, the strange thing about my exposure was I was dating someone at the time who had mono. And at that time I had mm. no symptoms of mono. Like I didn't develop mono, but I was with that person. Um, and interesting enough, two months later, uh, I started getting really, really severe vertigo and um, it just never went away. And within a year I had full-blown um, ME and um, it changed my entire world. Um, everything it's, it was almost as if I went to bed one night and the next day I woke up in a completely different body, a completely different reality. Um, anything I knew about my body was no longer true. Um, I could no longer be, I had to take a semester off school. I moved back with my parents and just rested. And I kept, which is really common for a lot of athletes or people who love exercising is you are keep thinking like, Oh, I'll snap out of this. And you keep mm. trying to exercise, which is like the worst thing to do. Yeah. And, um, uh, fortunately, I was able to go back to school. I couldn't work out anymore at all. I did uh, school part time. And um, from then on, I could no longer do um, that job that I had in Algonquin Park. I could only do um, like reception work, like jobs where I was always sitting. And um, I'm now since then, I my, my disease over the past, like, 10 years has progressed. So like even thinking back on that, I'm like, oh my goodness, I could do so much. Um, but at that period of my life, I then, I guess, decided 
I really want to figure this out. Um, I, there has to be an answer. Like you can't just get this sick and stay this mm. sick. Like it is, yeah. how is this possible? Like how, like, no, like I refused to believe it. And I was the per kind of person who like made a vision board and was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix this. And like, I obviously had a really long, like really steep learning curve. Um, so I decided to go into uh, naturopathic medicine and um, it took eight years and I did it always part-time, but I was like just near the end of completing my um, medical degree in um, naturopathic medicine. And um, I like in the last very last uh, semester, I caught a virus and I was getting much, much worse. And I developed a lot more symptoms and I was just pushing through because I was so close to the end. And unfortunately, I basically collapsed at the very end and I mm -hmm. had to like stop my studies. And that was eight years ago. Wow. Um, and I, I learned a lot of like different modalities and like acupuncture and um, botanical medicine and um, just lots of different modalities that I tried on myself and some kind of improved my quality of life, but I really, I was still extremely sick. And um, so I felt, yeah, very just disheartened. And I think a lot of people when they can't get better, they feel like they've failed. And they feel, well, I'm just speaking for myself. I felt like I failed and I felt so much shame. And um, yeah, the, so then, sorry, this is a very long answer. No, it's fine. Um, I uh, then felt a lot of anger and also like I hadn't processed like a lot of the stuff that had happened to me because mm. I was in such a state of denial. Like I was like, I am not going to accept this diagnosis. I am mm. not this diagnosis. I'm going to like cure myself and yeah. um you know, and I didn't, and you, there is no cure for Emmy unless you're, you know, as you know, like some people are really, really fortunate and they can have remissions or some people mm. miraculously do recover, but it's very rare. And so I was really angry and needed to process my feelings and everything that I had gone through. So I started making art about it and, um, I, found that like in the past, I've always made art. I'm a really creative person. And, um, but the thing that changed was I started, um, posting it online and, um, sharing it with other people. And, um, I found kind of meaning in that and also realizing that I'm not alone. Like this is everything I've gone through is actually very common for people who live with Emmy and, it's happening. It's happened to millions of us and it's happening to millions mm -hmm. of us more now with COVID and developing ME. And, uh, um, <clears throat> I just, yeah, that's kind of how I, that's sort of my journey up until now. And, um, just, I think that I've become a lot more better at talking about it with people and, um, kind of, uh, dismantling that shame and that blame that I was carrying for so long. So anyway, mm. I think 
what's really interesting is that you you use a lot of those themes around like shame and blame and um grief as well like on our podcast um i've started we started like a little mini series talking about grief and chronic illness and um i've i've spoken to quite a few people over the last couple of weeks um in in short interviews and um and it was interesting because i i was looking at some of your art yesterday online and um those sort of themes come through really strongly um in in terms of like actually the emotional side is that something that was like really important to you in terms of like tapping into to express yourself creatively is it is it, is it sort of like a drive within you to kind of feel like you've got to express those things through your art to process it for yourself mm-hmm. absolutely i feel like i didn't get um i didn't have a, any space in my life for 10 years like while i was going to school to really feel the feelings I had and I didn't have anyone to talk about, um, talk about it with. And, um, yeah, definitely a lot of my art is about grief and the emotional side of things. Um, because I, yeah, I, I had to feel my feelings. So, mm, yeah. And, yeah. And, um, I, I, I find there's something really striking about your artwork and that, um, whenever I see it pop up online and it's like, oh, you, you've done something new. Um, mm. It's it's always something that makes you stop and pause and really um, like consider the, the the concept and 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 what always makes me wonder is like, um, what process do you go through for yourself to, to kind of get to the, 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 from the point of like an initial, concept of an idea to then it being some uh, a full-blown kind of like really impressive project like is that oh. is that quite an exhausting exhausting process for you or do you have to sort of like almost um sort of tape yourself back and, and and remind yourself to sort of take time over it or do you get do you get these big ideas and then just want to sort of sort of flow with it yes so definitely the second um one i i can even give you an example actually um uh, ahead of time, you gave me the questions that <laughs> sort of what, what we were going to talk about. And um, one of the questions um, you were asked, I think that you asked was um, about my artistic mediums and kind of the process and, um, uh, and sorry, no, it was a different question you were asking about, um, how did you adjust to life with ME? And mm. immediately in my mind, an image came up of just I think it's also because of the seasons I'm also influenced by nature and the seasons mm. and um, I just imagine like a, a tree just letting go of all of its leaves mm. and um, so then I actually made a collage like because I, I didn't have the language for it I just saw in my mind what it felt like and um, so then I made a collage and then I could really I feel like then I can actually talk about it. It's a, it's a weird, I don't know if it's weird or, or that's just how my brain works, but for a lot of things that I feel I'll, I'll see it or there'll be something that's very tangible and physical that I'm like, it's like this. And then, um, then I'll just make it. And, um, yeah, so I actually, I, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to, um, uh, talk about it or not, but I, um, this was that kind of the leaf, um collage that wow. uh, came up and i made that just because that's like how it 
kind of felt I had to let go of who and everything I was before. Mm. And just the, it's like a bear tree because it's just grief. There is just so much loss. Mm. Um, mm. And I guess so. each of those leaves kind of can represent a different part of your life in a sense. And, and that's, yeah, it's, it's quite a, a, a poignant expression. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you manage you sort of like, sort of come back to the point about sort mm. of getting that idea and then it, it coming sort of coming from just a, a small kind of concept to something really big is that is that quite a, um, a, a draining process to manage for your ME or do you do you ju just in terms of managing your energy levels do, do you do you sort of like um, I'm losing my words now <laughs> <laughs> it's okay <laughs> um, yeah is is that quite an exhausting process or do, do you have to kind of hold yourself back a little bit oh I definitely have to pace um and a lot of times like I'll have an idea and I'll try to put it out and I'm like oh that looks terrible like it is not <laughs> working and um or what actually happens is like I find when I'm like crashing or I'm really sick and I just I have no I don't have the capacity to create art um, at all. Mm. Uh, that's when I get so many ideas. And mm. so it's like, as soon as I come out of that, I, I, and I have more energy and like more space to create, I have to really hold myself back because I'm like, Oh, I want to get that feeling out. And I want to capture yeah. this exact feeling that I have. And, um, and so then I'll have this like creative purge and, and then, you know, I, I, I have to pace myself like when I do that, but it kind of ebbs and flows my creativity, yeah. but it's um, very bizarre, but I often get the most inspiration in the like most horrible times. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just have to pace and wait till I feel better to like mm. bring, bring them into life, I guess. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Cause I, um I write songs I'm not a great musician and I, I can't sing oh very I've well, heard but I... your music yeah I like <laughs> I do, it I do lot. sort of like I do sort of like um e even just for myself I find when I'm um I think very similar to you like when I'm in those crushy places I might write write some lyrics and then it they just sit there for quite a while until maybe I have like a good two weeks and then I'll write a song around it or something like that so it it, it is it's the hardest thing to know that you've got something that you want to create but then not be able to actually do the physical side of it to to make it reality isn't it it's, it's yeah it's, it's hard um yeah i totally um, relate to that what are, what are some of your favorite pieces that you've done over the years because you've, you've you've kind of built up quite a big portfolio of work around around the the the, the chronic illness um and and they all express different things um have you got like favorite pieces or are they all kind of quite special to you um I think I there's a few pieces that I really really like because um they kind of articulate exactly what I want um without having to say anything like people just look at the images and they're like ah oh, okay and um so I actually I I wrote I can't, I would never be able to remember the titles, but, um, yeah. there was a book I made, it was like an anthology series, um, probably a couple of years ago. 
and I used um, books of different sizes. It's actually mm. a concept developed by, I think his name's Johan Deckman. He's an artist who uses um, books with their titles to um, kind of talk about uh, facets of uh, life. And um, so I kind of used his concept, but applied it to Emmy and just what patients, it was before the pandemic. So just kind of the state of Emmy. And um, should I describe it or is that? Yeah, if you describe it and then maybe we could put some pictures over the top for the, um, uh, for the, for the video afterwards. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you'd um, like to send us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I, so in one image, I have a large book and it's uh, called dreams and plans and it's a really thick book. And in comparison there beside it is a tiny book that says um, life with Emmy. And so you see the like dramatic contrast in there. You're, it's just heartbreaking. Um, mm. And then um, the second one is um, a book that says how to best communicate your illness. And then a much smaller book, um, which title says uh, the people who will believe you. And that again is heartbreaking because mm. of the history of, you know, disbelief and neglect. Um, and then there's um, another picture with three books and each book is getting smaller. And the first book says, what is known about Emmy? The second says, what I know about Emmy. And the third is what my doctor knows about Emmy. Yeah. And it's just such a truth for anyone who has this disease because um, it's Emmy's not taught in medical schools and you literally have to become your own doctor and I tried to, <laughs> I mm. tried to, but um, anyways. And then, so the fourth book is um, a giant book of, uh, that says symptoms. And then um, beside it's a blank table that says treatment options. Um, so there's no treatment options for ME currently today, um, which mm. is horrible. Mm. And then um, the last uh, picture um, is there's like a tiny little leaflet that says research funding in the 1980s. And then a really same size, tiny little leaflet that says research funding now. And it's just to illustrate basically mm. the progression and how we're, we haven't really moved that much forward. Yeah. And, um, and I so think I it's, like, oh, it's go striking. Ahead. No, no, it's, it, it's striking. And I remember that, that those, those ones in particular, and, um, and it was probably a few years ago now because it was kind of when I, I remember seeing it not too long after I first became ill again after um, after a twenty year break of being ill with Emmy, and I was healthy, oh, wow. and then it hit me again, and um, that that um, realization that that things hadn't moved on in the twenty years since I'd been ill the first time, and that like you, like you said, like the, the leaflet, and then and then another leaflet, and then a blank table, and it's like, yeah, there's the it, it it's heartbreaking that that there's so little research and development and um treatment out there and you feel uh completely sort of like um on your own and, and i think that's that's something that, that really was really striking to me in terms of seeing seeing those those books and um yeah it, it's it, it's it's heartbreaking i think what you've you, you've tapped into something that's um your concept around that and and, and so many pieces of your work it, it it hits you really hard in in the emotions, really, in the sense of like it, it's striking and it and it and I think 
it must be designed i guess you wanting to raise awareness through it as well like, is that something that you as part of the thought process or is it about empathy for people with me and, and for them to relate to yeah i think it's different for each piece but that piece i really wanted to i wanted anyone looking at this to be like oh wow like it's mm. bad the situation is bad for people with me and like it's not okay and so I wanted it to be um, very, um, oh, I think I, I don't, I just realized I forgot to mention one of the books, but you can <laughs> post that up there. But I just yeah. wanted it to, um, yeah, just be um, not sugarcoat things and just yeah. be like, this is the situation. Mm. Um, and then um, I guess other ones that come to mind that I, that for me, again, they're like really moving for me because it's just some, uh, an experience that is just so painful. Um, I used like mouse traps and, um, I can't remember what I call, oh, it was, um, freedom with a catch and it has like a butterfly flying. And then it's, um, like I think caught in the next mouse trap or something like that. Mm. And, um, it's basically like when you have ME, you're never really free because any kind of any sort of window of freedom or joy that you have, there's PEM, which is post-exertional malaise and mm -hmm. it's unavoidable. So everything comes with a price. And mm -hmm. um, that's what that one was about. Um, and I also like creating art that has a, a physicality to it. So mm. when people who don't have ME look at it, they can like, they feel it in a way. Mm. So I made, um, there was one kind of sculpture that was um, a man and I filled him with rocks and mm. I wanted it. So when you looked at it, you would be like, oh my gosh, that would feel impossible to like move. Mm. And I can't remember what that was called. I think I wrote it down. Um, Herculean, Herculean effort. I think I said that right. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah. And then, and then the ones that um, I just the series that I just did, like someone who doesn't have me, if they look at um, like bricks strapped to a boot, they're going to be like, "Oh, that's a really heavy boot." And you're like, "Yes, it is. It's mm -hmm. you know." And it's like that they look at it and they can feel it. And mm -hmm. I think that's the kind of art that I'm drawn to make because I mm. want people with ME to be like, yes, that's, that's what I feel too. And then people who don't have ME are like, oh my goodness, that's what you feel. Mm. And that's your truth. And that's like, that's hard. Mm. Um, and so that's, yeah, those are, I think my favorite pieces. Yeah. The, the one that you've just put out recently, the invisible exertions that it was, it was really striking that it, it made me think around the times that I'm really exhausted. And um, I think one was just like a hairbrush or did you have a toothbrush or something like that? And, yeah. and it was just like, actually sometimes just holding my mobile phone up in front of me or I'm lying in bed and actually my arm is just like literally aching. And, yeah. and, and that's how, and it was like, well, yeah, that's how it is. It feels like literally like trying to lift a brick. Um, when some days I can do that fine and other days it's just like you're so exhausted and, and, and I think your work is so valuable in that sense that it, 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 it puts into perspective actually when sometimes words are too hard to describe 
you, you you've got a visual representation there and, and hopefully that 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 can somehow try to explain to people a little bit better about what it what what it's like to 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 feel like to, to the that experience and yeah it's 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 really appreciated um and and then did you have other bits that you want to talk about because one of the things i one of the ones that i really liked was did you do one with russian dolls as well oh yes yes i did and i yeah. love that one the idea of like your oh. world becoming smaller through the was that was that the the idea behind it yeah yeah um I, I really like working in metaphors and symbolism yeah. too. Um, cause I find if I do it literal, like so literal that it's not exciting for me. Like I like to create things that aren't obvious, um, in some of, in some of my art. And so I liked using flowers cause I love nature and then, um, making all the dolls darker and the garden smaller. And yeah, it was just to, um, another physical way to show like when you hold in your hand that tiny little rose and the tiny little um russian like the tiny little doll it's just like that's how it feels and mm. it's um yeah that one was yeah and then you also use quite a few um sort of self-portraits um as well is that is that quite important to you in terms of like it because some of them feel like when you look at them, it feels like there's a lot of vulnerability there. And mm -hmm. is that something that you feel comfortable with in terms of like sharing something of yourself in terms of self-portrait that's also quite vulnerable? And it, it's it's uh, it's quite stark to look at in terms of some of the ones that you've done, like with paint on your face and things like that, that are quite quite visually stunning of yourself. And is is that something that's that that feels quite? Uh, it, does it feel quite bold of you to put out there? Cause it's, 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 it's quite a vulnerable representation of yourself. Yeah. So, um, I'm a very introverted, like reclusive mm. person. I don't like, if someone told me 10 years ago, I would be sharing my art. I like, wouldn't believe you. Like I just, <laughs> it's not really my thing, but to answer your question, I do feel like a vulnerability hangover the next day usually when i share like you put it like, out there and it's like well. i'm like oh that was too much like i probably should have just kept that <laughs> to myself um but i think it's important to for me to share like i'm thinking of just some of them i think there's one in the grief flows and i painted rivers like down my eyes and like with this illness you cry so much like there is mm. so much grief in it and it doesn't end it's like always there's always reminders there's all there's more you know that you could potentially lose at any moment and it's such a, a raw and such a intense experience that i don't think i couldn't make art that reflected that and mm. um i find that when i for me i'm doing makeup art or doing sculpture or doing like, I, I like to use different mediums um, because some I think would be able to capture what I want to say a lot better. Um, so for makeup art, I find certain concepts just worked better um, with, with uh, using makeup art versus um, like if I wanted to make a collage, it wouldn't translate the same. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I do. Mm. There's definitely using myself. There's that added le level for sure of vulnerability. Mm. 
and because you use photography quite a bit so you've got kind of like you you, you make up art and then in the photography and then almost like sculpture and then you sort of like delving into lots of different things and is is some of your work sort of ma manipulated on a computer as well is that do you use sort of graphics and things like that because there's there's, there's all sorts of different sort of ways of working so um how do mm -hmm. you kind of once you get a concept in your mind how do you decide kind of how that's gonna that's gonna sort of translate into a real life finished art product project in terms of oh this would make a good sculpture or this would be something that would work well on a on a on a on a computer generated sort of piece yeah so i guess um i have to think about it kind of a lot and then when i decide for instance if i want to make a collage about it um I'll make the collage and I do for all of my collages. I, I don't know how to use Photoshop, but I do use apps mm. um, on my phone if I want to enhance the colors or if I want to adjust the contrast, if I want to just kind of those elements can help convey what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, I sorry. Can what was your question again? My brain fog starting um, to kick in. That's OK. We, we won't go on too long. Um, uh, I think it was around, uh, yeah, like sort of from from the concept to how how you decide what medium to use for a different concept. Is it just is it just thinking oh, oh this would work well or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just um, like from the onset, I kind of decide um, what I think would work, um, and yeah, it's just I think sometimes there's like concepts I have that I'm like, Oh, I feel like this would be best done by like someone illustrating it. Um, mm. and so there's some things that I can't really, um, creatively make. Um, but mm. I think it's just through like experimenting with the different mediums and then just, um, yeah, just kind of going with one. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll, 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 uh, we'll sort of like, try not to go too much longer the one one thing that I really appreciated that you wrote because you, you sort of write on your website as well um and you wrote a little bit about um I think societal perceptions around chronic illness and ME and yeah. I'll just read out what, what you wrote which yeah. I thought was really good and if you, if you could sort of like talk to that a little bit for sure um, yeah you said there is another type of healing it is the healing that takes place when you're struggling is validated seen and heard it's one that happens when we move closer to each other and truly uh, listen. It's touching with love what has been touched with shame, stigma, fear, and overwhelming loss. Uh, this is the healing of the heart. I I really appreciated that when I re read it recently because um, it almost places... It, it's something that often with ME or chronic illness, we, like, we carry a feeling of responsibility in ourselves for our illness. And I think... Um, we can talk about like ableism and uh, uh, social models of disability, but um, I think what you, what you wrote and just put in that little, little paragraph or sentence was uh, really helpful in terms of seeing um, the world differently or the world, hopefully seeing uh, ME and chronic illness differently in the sense that um, it's not our fault. And actually, it's almost like the world needs to see the chronic illness differently in a different light for us to be able to like access that world. Um, is that something around, is that some, have I kind of like summed up a little bit what your thinking was? Yeah. Um, I was also for sure. Um, and I think when I was writing that I was thinking 
to like how it's so traumatic to develop this disease and how it's confounded by not being believed. And that's so, it's just like even worse. Mm. The disease is horrible. Not being believed is horrible. And it's created so much neglect and so much added trauma when it's like, it's so basic just to have compassion and to listen and, and why has that not happened? And like for us, it's so simple to do. And, and it's such a basic place to start with ME. Like if we have no treatments, we might not have treatments for a while. It's such a important place for the healing to start mm. for doctors and society as a whole to treat people with ME with the compassion and the care that we deserve. Because like you said, it's not our faults. This happened to us and it's not our responsibility to find a cure, to find answers. Like there aren't any for many of us, for most of us, um, mm. for I, actually any of us. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just think it's a really important place to start the healing. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to thank you for, for coming on and it's like, when uh dove my co-host now and we started the podcast and or talked about starting a podcast and we got these ideas and and um one of the we we thought what 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 can make our podcast unique like what what sort of angle do we want to have on 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 the podcast and and um we sort of came we were thinking about this idea of creativity and um and, and once we sort of tapped into that and I've interviewed various different people that have written or I've got, we've got plans to speak to different people that, that are creative with their chronic illness and how that somehow for many of us like untaps something that we have to, we have to process and, and um, make sense of our illness through their creativity. And you were one of the first people that I was, you were on my list of people I want to speak to oh. because it was like, I, I knew that you, you do that so well. And, and, and I think, I think the ME community really appreciates your work because like I said earlier, it is something that, that is so relatable and actually it, it, it can unlock a lot of things for us in terms of processing kind of our own grief and our own, um, yeah, illness journeys really. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. Um, oh, one, you. one thing that you're also involved in is uh, a um, initiative called Bake for ME. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that before we finish? Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, an actress who was on the show Vikings, Jenny Jacks, she played um, one of the queens. I don't know if you ever watched Vikings. Yeah, um, I have. And I'm hoping to speak to Jenny. I've spoken to her people. So I'm hoping oh, to speak amazing. to Jenny at some point. Yes. <laughs> um, well, she developed ME, I think around 2019, um, after an Epstein-Barr infection. And she's now become an ambassador for the OMF. And she founded... Um, the Bake for Emmy CFS um, bake, bake Off sort of challenge. And she runs it a few times um, here and there a year. And um, it's just kind of a fun way to raise awareness and um, to get other people outside the community involved in just talking about Emmy CFS. And um, it's, yeah, this uh, month, is the Halloween um, Bake Off. And so I'm a guest judge. So mm. by October 31st, um, if you have, or you know anyone in your life who likes to bake, um, 
they can bake a Halloween themed dessert and uh, tag, um, I think it's at bake for MECFS on Instagram and you're entered into um, the competition. And it's, I think every time you, um, or every person that um, enters, they just donate to a various MECFS organization or charity. And yeah, it's just kind of a fun way to bring community together. Mm, yeah, it's good. So I think what I'll do is I'll put a link to that on, um, hopefully you can link to Instagram on a YouTube description. I'm not sure, but um, mm. I'll, I'll try and do that. And um, also I'll put links to your your website and um I was also looking at the CME Expo that you were involved with as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you, no, you go ahead because I'll, I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll try and put something up because that was a really, uh, there's some really lovely pieces in there. Um, oh, uh, was there anything else you want to say about that? Um, I think that was put together by Amanda Francie. Um, yeah. She also has Emmy, and she also has quite a. I think she did three of them. Um, with um, different artists with Emmy um, just to showcase like their experiences and yeah so we'll do that as well so yeah um, yeah go and explore Christina's work um, if you haven't seen it um, I'm sure you will have seen bits and pieces of her work if you if you've kind of been in an Emmy online community for any length of time because they do get shared around and it's um it's brilliant that people get to to see your work and to to experience it and um, to reflect on it as well. So, um, yeah, thanks for joining us today. It's been really uh, good to talk. Um, thanks so and, much. For... Uh, yeah, thank, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And, yeah, it's been a good chat. <laughs> Very much so. Thank you. Mm -hmm.